Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. We inch closer to the uh, AFL-M season kicking off and the AFL, uh, was it W, finals underway, uh... So we'll regress. We'll regress. We'll talk some regression candidates as we regress towards the uh, AFL. Am uh, going to kick it off, Jono. You're here again. Yeah. G'day, Steve. G'day, listeners. Yeah. Nothing. Actually, a bit of an update on Shed Sixteen. Let's just keep going with that. Oh no. <laughs> I was talking to my cousin who his workshops uh, opposite the old Shed Sixteen. I was just talking to him about it, and. Man, some of the stories that he told me, plus he has camera footage of it, because his workshop's got a security camera there, just told me that there's some, saw some people one New Year's Eve just going at it like rabbits on the front doorstep of his shop. So he's, it's out there, people. Just message me, I'll see if I can get it. There is it behind our paywall. Um, Get on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I used to, um, I used to work in uh, Yarraville, and and the place had two depots, and one of them was opposite a uh, rub and tug. Nice. And I was always amazed at the the cars, the ladies who worked at the the old rub and tug would roll in, and you're just like, God damn, that's that's a strong industry, <laughs> strong industry. Inflation clearly not biting the rub and tug industry, but yes, uh, of course, uh, we'll we'll regress to our other host, Stato. You're here again. You're back. I'm um, certainly am back and I uh, love the regression show. It's a bit like the red wave, Steve, and all hope but just disappointment. Um, just wanted to ask, how was uh, Peter Credlin when you recorded with her earlier this week after the failure of the red wave? Uh, inconsolable. Inconsolable. <laughs> and, and it was tough because, you know, um, there's a strong contingent of uh, hashtag journalists being sent over from Murdoch Corp over there and uh, old Rita was, she was struggling a bit, which I, I feel like, you know, if she takes her eyes off the prize of trying to find a value forward for Supercoach next year, uh, you know, she she needs to recover to, to get her Supercoach team in line. So it's it's tough times. Now, just a, a quick question. Um, it's off regression and fantasy football, but do you think... All of those um, journos and, and um, news readers on that uh, organisation that you follow very closely, um, do you think that that's their own thoughts or that's just the agenda and how I get employed and how I get a check? Yeah, I think so. The second point. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think people think that way, to be honest. But uh, mm. it's probably easier to rationale. I, I don't know, man. I'm starting to look at it like... So what do you say in an interview? So um, uh, tell us uh, your thoughts. I hate everyone. <laughs> Is that the line? You're hired. What? What are you doing now? <laughs> Trying to get a job You're in murder hired. court. Oh, me? <laughs> no, Stato. Stato? But what do you say in an interview? You say, I'll write whatever, the, whatever I'm told to write, I guess. That'd be funny. Anyway, listeners... <laughs> Uh, we are talking regression, uh, just people who are going to come back in scoring output uh, for for 2023. Uh, of course, we're on Twitter, at the Draft Doctors. Twitter, which is apparently going to Hellfire, but I think it's been hella entertaining. Oh, 
hell yeah. I mean, that's probably the best eight bucks anyone spent within, what, a 36-hour bracket, wasn't it? Just wiping shares off, like, all these companies. Yeah, and, like, Warmonger is like Lockheed Martin, so Stato, you would have felt the pinch there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and we, we're still debating the Listener League, uh, how we're going to have people in there, whether it's stand-up, nearest the pin, golf swing, some shit like that. But Adelaide will be coming. Anyway, get into the show. Jono, kick it off. Um, I feel like we talk about this guy every year. So, uh, that's Travis Boat from Port Adelaide. Now, every the last four years, he's actually been really good, averaging anywhere between 105 to 110. This is in the super coach formats, uh, not really looking at the AFL fantasies. Um, so he's been really good when you've got him, but we saw a bit of a, a bit of a change in the midfield setup uh, in 2022. We saw Connor Rosie and Zach Butters getting more time there. Um, Ollie Wines is Mr. Consistent, and also Willem Drew does play a role in there as well. Now, Mr. Boke, we know he's, you know, Mr. Fitness. He goes over, does his American training camps. This year, he's taken over Rosie and Butters as well, as well as a host of uh, some of the first to four-year players as well. So... It might be time that Boki's putting his hand up saying, look, I'm getting a bit older. I'm not going to be around forever. It's time to let the new guard have a crack in there. And he actually has said it publicly that, you know, he's open to spending less time in the middle uh, to give opportunity to others. So if that's the case, that's really going to cap his potential of uh, of scoring uh, in, in your, your fantasy um, format. So... I know he's an elite runner and whatnot, so I, I could actually sort of just see him being free, like roaming free, doing whatever he wants, just running up and down, the maybe a, a wing position um, or a high half forward sort of pinch hitting in the midfield role because his mid minutes did drop. But after the buy rounds, his minutes dropped and those of Butters and Rosie actually went up. So there was a bit of a change there. While he'll still be, I think, a solid scorer, uh, we saw him early on in his career, he was in that 90 to 95 range, where I think that's where he's going to be at. Like He'll be a solid scorer still, but I don't think those big 100 averages are going to be there going forward in 2023. So just super coach. Hmm. Like he'll still he'll stay at his ball. Like, you know, he's never been a massive averager in, in AFL fantasy. Like he's been yep. fine. I mean, it's magnificent insight there, um, expecting a 35-year-old to regress. You're going to hate my next guy then. He's 34. Oh, well. <laughs> but he's turning 35 next In season. In August. That's next season. Oh, the season's pretty much over. For Port? Yeah, maybe. A lot of competition, strong competition. Gold Coast Suns up and about. It's hard to see him getting any more midfield time. So, yeah, he's going to regress. But you would expect at that age that he would. I don't know. His last four years been pretty solid. It's just such a lukewarm take, Jono. Well, this isn't yeah. hot takes. This isn't hot I takes. I know. If, if if you pinned him five years ago... I think ago, I might have pinned him two or three years ago because the prick burnt me in one of those years. <laughs> Yeah, you have a weird, weird relationship with Travis Boak. It's like every year you do talk about him in some capacity, whether it's yeah. I love him, he's a mid-round value, 
this it's a good year. Love relationship. It's good. Yeah. And and Cam never would have spoken of him, but if he did get to Geelong all those years ago, he would have. Mm. That's true. Come on, Stato, spice it up. I just I just want to move on from that. Just yeah, wet yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not going to go the uh, easy targets, um, but both the ones that I'm going there, there is potentially that expectation they're going to move inside. They're going to lose their inside time, which obviously is going to hit hurt anyone scoring. My first one is Hugh McCluggage. So the suitcase himself. He certainly won't lose any shine as a footballer. There's no doubts about that. But he will lose some time uh, in that valuable inside midfield role. He's definitely one of the best outside players with one exception, which is his conversion uh, of kicking goals while on the run. It's the only little bit of his game he needs to sort out. Uh, and I think that uh, outside role is exactly what he's going to play for most of next season. So Josh Dunkley coming in, obviously he's there to play inside midfield. Uh, and Mitch Robinson out, who um, no doubt could play inside as well, but mainly played outside for them on the wing. I still think he'll travel okay, so I think he'll still get the mid-90s, maybe high-90s at best, but there will be some regression, just purely and simply because of his role. So uh, last couple of seasons, he's been building the inside-outside role, and this year had the most inside time he ever had. Uh, an average 103. I expect the, the 95 to 98, so uh, anywhere between um, a 5 to 8 point regression for Hugh McCluggage. It's, um, yeah, it's probably pretty... I mean, I'm sort of in the same boat with McCluggage, but I've sort of shifted my focus to another man. What, what sort of breakdown do you think that uh, Brisbane midfield looks like in terms of who, who, who are the bulk... CBA guys there. Yeah, it's really interesting because they've got so many young fellas uh, that uh, are so good that can go in there. So potentially um, they'll have a lot of pinch hitters. And I think Hugh will be one of those where your mainstays, of course, are going to be Lockie Neal and Josh Dunkley and then a rotation of five or six other players to, to spread around the mix. Yeah, it's interesting. Um Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Joe? Yeah, no, I completely agree on status called McCluggage and also how their CBAs are going to set up, so agreed. But yeah, it could be some value. I mean, only takes one injury, really, and then that time yeah. comes straight back. So, you know, people might be off them about by a couple of rounds, and if you can snag them M5, M6, and there's an injury, then they pop straight back up. So still some value there. He's got an average of 103, so he's going to go reasonably early. People won't give up on that when they draft. Mm. I'm happy to miss, but if he goes, if you get to that value point, you've got to take him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll I'll just switch on to my guy because it's the same team, and I'm, I've got Lockie Neal pegged for a bit of regression. Um, so it probably works out. We'll talk about this state. See, I, I probably don't see human clug. I've sort of initially I thought, oh, McCluggage is going to drop, but. I'm not sure it is, and the reason is I can still see him being the third guy in there, um, and yes, he can play out. Dunkley can rest forward, 
But I think Lockie Neal's the guy to regress because if you look at what he does well, it's exactly what Josh Dunkley does well. Grand ball gets contested possessions. That is, like Lockie Neal is a bulk, bulk uh, possession player. Uh, not a huge tackler, which often you see these inside midfielders get there with with big tackles. And, and you look at the rest of the Brisbane team that, that played this year, and there really wasn't a lot of strong... Uh, contested possession winners, con- strong ground ball gets players. Like they had Lockie Neal in the top 50 and that was it for both categories. You look at, um, the Western Bulldogs and the players Josh Dunkley was facing internal competition with. They had four players in the top 30 for contested possessions, uh, and four in the top, oh, sorry, five in the top 50. For grand ball guests, like these guys are hard ball winners. And I, I think that's what Josh Dunkley brings to the table. So I, th- I can see Lockie Neal coming back a little bit. I think you still want to give that inside time to, um, McCluggage. I think Jared Berry can fill in on wing really well. Maybe Jared Lyons is that fifth bench player if, if they go down that path. Um, and, and the, the, the midfield time opened up because Dane Zorko is out of there. That, that's where that time opened up. So I'm pretty comfortable dropping back uh, Neil outside the top 10 mids uh, heading into next year's ranking season. Well, I, I think there'll be a little bit of regression, but maybe not for the theory you're talking about. I mean, it was an outstanding year. He's had uh, three in his career, but most of them he's averaged the low 100s, which I expect to be the role. I think the inside-outside role that McCluggage had will actually become Lockie Neal's. So Dunkley will be the bull. Um, the great thing about uh, Lockie Neal that he's got is his running capacity. That's why he can actually spend 90 to 95% of the time on the ground. So I think he has the inside-outside, um, and they're really needing that sort of wing role, which McCluggage is perfect for. And Jared Berry, um, his best football at the end of the year, including a, a final, was actually being inside. Yeah, I understand all that. I understand all that. I'm just not sure. Yeah, it'll be an interesting mix because then they've got to get Rainer in there and, and other things like that. So I'm, I just look at the top dog and I'm like, he's the easy guy to bring back. Yeah, yeah. Or do they just punt lines all together and that's it, have a tighter group? I mean, I can see, yeah, well, I can see it being could a tight be. four. Could be, and I think, um, I think from what um, the word has been over that sub, that it won't be five on the bench, but it'll actually be four on the bench, but a sub that you can use any time. Yeah. 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 So same. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no, it's just well, it's yeah. a tactical sub. I know what you're medical saying. Medical reasons. Just to stop the integrity questions, that you can just use it. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Jono, uh, who's next? This guy's old. No, nah. well, he is old. <laughs> oh, here we go. So let me guess, another 34-year-old turning 35. Yeah, I actually don't know how old he is. He's old, but he, it's Scott Pendlebury. He's old, man. He's old. Yeah, 34 turning 35 in January. There you go. Now, you cruel bastard. But there's reason. It's not just because he's old. There's actually... Did you just search who's the oldest player in the competition? Pretty much. Because Joel Sell was gone, I can't pick him. <laughs> but with 
Pendles, everyone thought, you know, he's playing off the halfback, etc. Scored quite well. But when you deep dive into his numbers, he was attending a lot of CBAs for Collingwood last year. He was mid-80s and higher for a lot of the games. So Collingwood have now got Scott Pen- uh, Tom Mitchell. Can only play one position. Uh, so you'd think the, the lineup would be Tom Mitchell, um, Taylor Adams, and potentially either a Jack Crisp or even a Nick Dacos moves that. Um, into that role, and then maybe a sprinkling of Scott Pendlebury or even Dugowie, uh in that midfield. So I can actually see Pendles taking that Dacos role, just cruising around the half-back for most of the year. Um, and what we saw with Collingwood is they were pretty, pretty bad in terms of fantasy output. Like, they didn't have, like, say, a Melbourne, a lot of guys who averaged well. They finished 13th in Supercoach and 12th in AFL Fantasy, so not a high-possession, ball-winning team. They'd probably get it out of the middle go and push it forward, surging forward. So, I mean, they were, what, a kick away from a grand final? If they're going to improve, does the ball come back down in defence as much? Does Pendlebury get as much ball? Um, so, yeah, I do see him regressing. He has slowly been regressing more over the years. Um, it was about a mid-90s average this year. I can see that dropping... To ninety and under uh, this year. Pretty sure Dugowie was their highest mid attendee last year. Dugowie, they're pretty sure. Uh, the DFS Australia numbers suggested it was Pendles. Was it? Mm. Unless they had to switch around, I don't know. But yeah, like Dugowie was up there though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. Paddy Cripps, he'll regress. There you go. <laughs> Won the Brownlow, of course he exactly. will. Incredible. Where did Pen- what did Pendles average? I feel like I just don't 96. care. 96. Yeah, fair enough. But he'll probably have defender status. He, he's, he's old. He's old. And he'll have defender yeah. status. Eight, he won't average 86. Him. You reckon he'll have defender status? Possibly. No way. Possibly. But he did play a lot of midfield time. Didn't he get DPP? He played a lot of midfield time. <laughs> but didn't he get DPP? I thought he got DPP throughout the year. Yeah, he started in defence, but remember Stato thinks, you know, it's, it's, it's a snapshot of your last three games. <laughs> no, but anyway, yes. <laughs> there's, no, there's no chance he starts with defender status. That's your worst take. The other the players I can live with, but that is just horrible. Come on, it was like eighty five, ninety percent plus in the last five or six rounds midfield. <laughs> He'll get it later on. Yeah, well, if he does what you think, he might get yeah. it. Yeah. Well, then he's value. He's value. <laughs> Stay down. I'm not touching him. Yes. Well, it's going to be tough scenes for the Suns' best ever midfielder, Will Brody. Looked like things were opening up for him uh, and a career-high 22 games with an average of 95. Not only will he lose his forward status, but maybe even some of his mid-time with the inclusion of Jager O'Meara, who is a classy... Did you just call Will Brody a Suns player? Yes, tough scenes for the Suns' best ever midfielder. I didn't hear the best ever midfielder part. Um, Jago O'Meara, who is a classier version of Will Brody, 
So thinking that the midfield mix will be Brayshaw, Sarong, Amira, and Fife will all be above Will, and then some kids will start to get injected into that midfield. So I reckon he still holds his spot in the 22, but we'll be expecting his game time will decrease to the 60 to 65%, which is likely to see an 8 to 10 point drop to the mid 80s, uh, being a bit more bench worthy. Uh, injuries, of course, could come and injuries do come, then all of a sudden he will get a bump. So it's still worthwhile for a ladies pick, but I'm expecting Will Brody will regress. I don't think Fife's getting in that midfield, to be honest. And also, wasn't Brody around the 65% time on ground most of the time anyway? No, he got in the okay. 70s this year. Yeah, it's interesting. People might look at him as having some upside. Yeah, uh, I think he was a, a wonderful pick this year, and I know there was a bit of momentum with him, especially because of the salary cap hype. But forward status with a, a 95 average, quite remarkable year. He's just going to be so far down the order this year. Yeah. Also, yeah, I think we actually had a, sorry. A, a Twitter person suggest O'Meara is on the way down, whereas I, I see O'Meara on the way up. So I'm kind of with you on that. I see yeah. uh, Brody as that fifth bench player candidate as well. Just come on for a burst run in the last quarter and a half sort of thing. And- have a massive impact. Yeah, impact, yeah, which is not going to be good for his end. No, but him and Matt Crouch, that's where they'll play. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say it. Mm. Show me the light. So what What are you... Oh, okay, so you're just down on Brody. Fair enough. So I'll talk about uh, Sam Berry from the Adelaide Crows who averaged uh, a spine-tingling... 84 AFL fantasy points, um, but did register in 18 games the uh, 14th most ever tackles in a season, according to AFL tables, which is pretty incredible, um, considering on AFL tables they include finals. So that tells you what he's he's, he's averaged nine and a half a game, and it's just unsustainable. I think we mentioned it every single week on the Waiver Wire pod, um, it's just not sustainable what he's doing. Uh, and yet he kept doing it. Yet he kept doing it. So, <laughs> incredible scenes. He did have the forward status like Brody. Like, he was like budget Brody last year, I guess you could say, because he had the, the forward status uh, and he filled out your team pretty nicely there. Did rack, like attend all the center bounces. <coughs> I'm not sure what happens, whether they start putting in um, some of their younger players to take time away from him. But there's just no way that you can keep that sort of average up. The guys who have sort of trended into that, you know, eight and a half, nine plus area, they consistently got injured if you look back through through mm. the annals of time. Um, and it's, I, I just find it hard to believe. And not that he's really high up on the board anyway, but I'd just, instead of taking a punt on him at the back end of your draft, um, I'd rather take a punt on someone else. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's um, it's an interesting midfield mix. So I don't think outside Laird, who's obviously clear, I don't think we really understand where it's going to head at the moment. 
There's a lot of names, but I don't think any will stand out to say. There's no Josh Ward saying, look, this bloke's going to be a superstar in three years' time. Um, and they feel a bit same-same to me. So there needs to be that sort of little bit of X factor. And I don't know where that comes from at the moment. They might have it on the list, but I just haven't seen it. Yeah, and probably the other guy who, like I think I spoke about in another show, there wasn't many guys who really broke uh, my regression models in terms of market share, but um, Barry, Laird and Dawson are all the ones, but I just didn't see who they replaced or who takes it away from them. To make it a thing yeah. like that's the I just can't look at it like Dawson he shouldn't have um that that much of the kicking share so whether Adelaide get better and and they kick more and he just maintains or he comes back slightly that's that's probably the thing that I'm looking at I just can't quite work it out they're obviously going to develop from within but well, he was pretty low on disposals average wasn't he Barry wasn't he yeah yeah he yeah. was I'm just thinking there'd be like a if he is to improve and Adelaide improve, then there's more ball, but tackles come down. So maybe find that happy medium, but he'd sort of certainly be in that same sort of spot where he's losing tackles, but increasing possessions to maintain that score, essentially. Well, even Laird shouldn't tackle as much as he did, but he did. Mm. And he sort of mm. does. And you can you can sort of maintain eight, but you shouldn't be able to maintain that much of the team's share. No. Um, but Adelaide were yeah. a great tackling team, so... yeah. It's um, kind of strange. I can see, you know, Barry sort of doing it. That's his role, to be that uh, defensive sort of midfield at the CBAs. But um, certainly a watch and see, especially with uh, Rochelle and uh, Saligo sitting there as well for their rotations. Yeah. Was there anyone you guys also were were thinking about? Um, I certainly looked at Laird because, you know, the one... 20 average is, is hard. I, I didn't want to go max. I thought it was a bit um, a bit easy. And I had a little flirt with Callum Mills um, because of the fluctuating role, especially uh, that sort of last third of the season started to um, become a little bit of a, a, a sweeper. So put him back deep in defence. And I think he, out of the last six games, I think he had um, uh, three sub-85 scores. I did have <clears throat> Jared Witts for Supercoach. Like, he went 109 average. But it was interesting when you looked at all the data there. Like he was, like the previous years, like when he had good years and played every game, like he was lower on hitouts, lower on possessions. Like every stat across the board was lower. It's just that he had these banger games, like maybe half a dozen banger games that punch it up, like 20-odd disposals, 40-plus hitouts that projected his averages up because there was a few, like, 60s and 80s in those as well. But um, I was looking at wits, but it was, it was very hard to make an argument just based on the fact that, you know, he had a couple of banger games where he was actually down statistically in previous years. Considered wits myself, only because I can see Chol getting a little bit more of a chop out in the ruck. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, interesting one. I I considered Oliver. Um, just you don't see guys average over seventeen contested possessions a game, and then go more uh, too often without getting an injury or you see the photo just come back to the pack a little bit. Rolls? But 
He's just unbelievable, man. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. He's oh, too good. With the haircut he's got at the moment, he's he's on the list. Get stuff. It's shocking. Oh, he's got the cornerest, does he? Yeah, it's horrible. Like when you're a pasty that white can't. man and feathering hair, like jeez. Take it all back, Clayton Oliver. Dead, dead to me. <laughs> Anyway, there are a lot of Twitter questions. We'll get to them this week. Uh, we asked, we did ask the question this week, so uh, thanks for all the responses. There was a lot this week. Good on you, listeners. Obviously, uh, there's still a bit of fantasy going on. Ninja, Dunkley and Trelaw, if the bromance was real, they will both regress without each other. you got to think it'd be the other way around, uh, to be honest. I think they both get greater opportunities, but be interesting to see if Trelaw's by I don't think Dunkley up. goes into that. Uh, sorry, Trelaw goes in that midfield. He had a pretty good role off the halfback last year. Yeah, look good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, huge on Dunkley. Uh, Coxie, Cooper Stevens will be the Will Brody of 2023. Come from nowhere and just kill it. Salary cap players will be all over him and McLean this year. Hearn will continue to be fieldable and Widow will keep up his great work at waffle level. <laughs> Where's the regression, Coxie? Yeah. Where the fuck... Is the regression? Read the questions. Well, well, he's pivoted. He's pivoted. He's pulled the old switcheroo. Mind you, yeah. Toby McLean <laughs> is Josh Dunkley light. So yes, and we'll have forward status probably. Uh, Patch, can we get an Elon Musk regression award for the player with the biggest hype or draft projection who crashed and burned the fastest this season? And are we getting a John Jarrett junk time? Etc. Brownlow. Ooh, that's a lot of work. Ooh, Ooh that's a good call. Um, I think yes on both patch. I think they're both great ideas. Add on to the weekly list. Yeah, the show's going to be five minutes of waivers and twenty <laughs> minutes of awards. shit awards. awards. <laughs> that's what the people come for. Uh, Surly Cam will regress. They come for the shed. They come for the shed. They come in the shed. That's where they come. Uh, they, they stay for the awards. Cam will regress to mediocre takes, but is this really a regression as that implies he had good takes at one point? Damn. Surely that's a good call. Mm. Jorge, Lockie Neal, he's so good but so taggable. Unchecked, he's up there with the best scorers of the game, but teams know putting work into him really hinders the Lions' engine room. With a five-man bench, teams will have more scope to dedicate to pure stoppers. That is true. Yeah. I was actually thinking, I saw yeah. Lockie Neal was a good I call. I saw that question before. I'm just like, did Josh Dunkley ever get tagged when he was at the Bulldogs? I know they went McRae, Bont, Bailey Smith at times, and Liver, but I can't ever remember Josh Dunkley being tagged. No, and I don't think they will. There'll be three ahead uh, Lockie Neal, Suitcase, and Zorko. Mm hmm. I don't think they ever really tag people who aren't considered damaging kicks as yeah, a general yeah, rule. correct. Uh, pack and senders lob impact English. Who misses out at Brisbane next year with so many mouths to feed? Will the keys to my dad's in 1080, not 180B pass muster at the shed? Oh, yeah, well, you're in Seaford. You're in Seaford, mate. I think you, get, you get the uh, VIP treatment with that. Uh, what, was the, what was the rest of the uh, question? I'd... Lob impact yeah. English? No, nah, not really. No, I don't know. I don't think it's about what car keys you're packing. 
I would have thought Lob was good for English. Absolutely. I think I, I think Lob helps English's claim to be a top two rugby. Yeah. yeah. Um, we spoke about Brisbane. Nothington. How much does Sean Darcy regress with Jackson in the team? And should we now call you the B the Bod the B O D D? Perfect for the rig off. I don't think Jackson impacts Darcy too much that it, in in much that it affected Max Gorn. Like Max Gorn was a pretty mobile ruckman and could rest forward. Sean Darcy doesn't do a lot of that. I think uh, he he's proved himself that he can play that forward role. Darcy, so I, I yeah. So I was, and and did quite well this year doing it. So I, I actually think um, uh, I actually think. It's all about the matchup. So when they need a big, strong fella, Darcy's in the ruck, and when they need an athletic one, um, Jackson's in the ruck. Uh, so whenever Lloyd Meek played, Sean Darcy generally played for it, especially early in the season, and proved quite successful okay. at it. Uh, Forked Hawk is Cam Guthrie, Josh Kelly, and James Warple. I don't think Warple can regress anymore. Josh Kelly was, like, he wasn't massive, so, I mean, there's upside to Josh Kelly, but I don't think he's regressing to under 100. And Cam Guthrie had quite a, he regressed this year. So it'll be interesting to see what happened. So I think he performed his role well. It just wasn't as lucrative as previous years. Yeah. And Jono, just for the listeners, Warple Watch. Warple Watch. Been pretty quiet on the social media front, so I'm taking that as hitting the gym, hitting the track, high intensity training. Watch Boom. out! Watch out! Real oogie Boom. boogie. <laughs> Think nine out of the last ten Brownlow winners regressed the following season from a fantasy perspective. Useless Stato stat. Mm. That's, That's why I put It's well done by uh, Oogie because I put uh, Crips in the in the picture. So implied. Yeah. It was it was implied. Uh, Steve, Braden Ham. Mm. No, there's no more Devon. Oh. Uh, Carla, Jack Sinclair with the unknown new game player of Ross the Boss and his love for Brad Hill. I think we've spoken a lot yeah. about Jack Sinclair the last few weeks. Where did Brad Hill play under Ross the Boss, though? Wing? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a crapshoot to St Kilda, I think. Because we're going to we're going to see articles. Everyone's training with the midfield group, you know, forty blokes training with the midfield group, and then it sort of just settles down. Yeah, what did Jack Jack think he bought? One hundred and ten. Going to be hard to back that up. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, one hundred and two. One hundred and ten super coach. One hundred and thirteen. Oh, just I looked. I saw Jack, and there was a box over it. So I just got the wrong Jack. Oh, the wrong box. You hate Jack in the wrong box. Um, Milne, George Hewitt back to 80s. Suitcase back to 95 max. Also, Caleb Sarong, much hyped. Break, breakout continues to elude us. So, Sato, you were on the suitcase. George Hewitt back yep. to 80s. Yeah, um, interesting. Um, I, I think his high 80s, mid 90s, is if he still has that uh, inside mid-roll continues. 
Darren McAuliffe, Gorn, O'Meara, Dylan Moore, and Libba. So Gorn, probably easy. Yes. O'Meara. You'll maintain. Yeah, I think he's got a chance to go up. I'm I'm on O'Meara, to be honest. Uh, And Dylan Moore. God, God, there's a chance he gets more mid-time. Mm, yeah. And Libba with Dunkley out, just up. Yep. Yep. Ben, five on the bench mean more teams playing two rucks. I don't think it's heading that way, as I said before. I think four on the bench with a sub that you can use any time, but we're waiting for confirmation, of course. Daniel, I've sold Jake Lloyd so you can go your hardest. Oh, almost got Jake Lloyd off, Jono. Almost. Why did you wimp out, Jono? I don't know. I don't know. Softy. I've got Jack, Jared Lyons if you want him. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> he, Only if he's he, he, no. he might get thrown back into the pool this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It might be a good call. Wow, is Jared hey, Lyons you, a keeper? Mm. Surely not. Surely not. No. All those ex-sons that are massive losses, just mm. cut a couple of years later. Greenwood couldn't even get in the team. Couldn't even get in the team. Is he still on the list? Yep. You, got two, you got a three-year deal. Two plus one. Was oh, three. wow. Pretty yeah. sure it was three. Yeah. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Anyway, that'll wrap it up for this week, boys. No worries. Thank Beautiful. Thank you, listeners, for checking it out. Uh, we'll be on to, I think we start, what is it, 15? Uh, we're a couple of weeks away from sleepers and that. But anyway, all the fun stuff's about to start. I think positions tend to drop um, in a couple of weeks. So, whew. Back into it. It's starting, starting to get there. That's it. The season starts. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.